Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome back for Season 3 of Neon Shadows on Noir Tale. While we've taken music in from many different sources, I'd like to announce that we found a composer for the show, Skylar Giordano. You may know him as creator of Omega Star 7. He will also be featured as a voice actor, playing extras in our new season. So help me give him a warm welcome, and keep an ear out for some new music. Also, as a reminder, production isn't free, so we appreciate all those who donate during fundraisers or back us on Kickstarter. If you're interested in helping out, but you missed our fundraiser, no problem. Head over to our website, neonshadowspod.com, and either click on the floating coffee mug to buy us a coffee, or go to patreon.com slash neonshadowspod. I still felt bad for what I said to Frank the other night. I'm so sick of being the loser. It feels like we're the butt of some awful joke. I just know if I catch Gareth, that will set things right. It has to. Hey Dusty, are you ready? I'm the one waiting on you. You're getting slow, old man. Ah, still petulant, I see. Well, it seems we are in for another night of dead silence in the car. Fantastic rebuttal, sir. Truly a wordsmith. And don't worry, I'll grab your coat too. You missed a spot. How's that? You said you'd clean up my mess the other night. I can still smell his blood. You left a drop somewhere. Any remorse for that action? What's there to regret? He was out to hurt someone, he just picked the wrong target. I don't recall you shedding tears over criminals when I killed them to save your ass. This time was just a scratch. You know, I was a criminal once. By some standards, I still am. I was a thief. Not a very good one, mind you, but I was part of a team. And when we did our part, the jobs were easy. You? A thief? Ask Frank. Or even better, ask... Never mind. The point is, we are a team. And I would like it if you respected that. I know losing Sam was hard, but if you stare too long into the abyss, it stares back. So turn away while there's still time. 
I plan on feeding Gareth to the abyss. So where are we even headed tonight? Some secret tunnel underneath a gentleman's club? A hidden loft in a warehouse? No. Tonight we have a different kind of adventure. That's all he said before parking on the side of a deserted access road to the airport. We sat there for a few minutes waiting for something to happen. Here he comes. Ulysses motioned for me to stay in the car as a vehicle pulled up. It was an old military truck. A uniformed man got out and shook Ulysses' hand. There was a transaction. It looked like something was smuggled for Ulysses and he had paid quite a bit for it with stacks of cash. The mysterious peddler put his hand on Ulysses' shoulder and got back in his truck. It was hard to see in the night, but I could have sworn his legs resembled Ulysses. Ulysses lumbered toward our car with a heavy box in his arms. Even though he told me to stay in the car, I got out and helped him place the crate in the back seat. What is all of this? Well, a little of this, a little of that. Mostly called items seized by military occupation overseas during the war. Most of it is probably just general memorabilia. But some may prove useful along our ever-twisting path. Also, a particularly useful spell is in here as well. Useful how? Give me a hand, will you? Ulysses stuck a crowbar under the lid of the crate and had little success cracking it open, so I shifted my hand into the wolf's. That's it. There we go. So am I just a glorified can opener, or are you going to tell me what's useful about this stuff? Ah, there she is. The mother of all divining spells. Ha, this will be easier than I thought. We have all this at pans. What's a divining spell? Well, it's one of the most accurate and intense locating magics I've ever heard of. But there's a catch. What good is that to us? Do you truly have no imagination? The totems, they are a pair. And since we are looking for the bear, we can use the wolf. The medallions were forged in the fires of Ebrior by the same smith. That may be enough. Oh, okay, I get it. But... What do we do now? We can do the locating spell tomorrow when we all meet back at the bar. Until then, I'm doing a favor for Frank. You can come along if you'd like. Sure. What's the favor? Frank needs more information on Angel and her family history. So we need to let ourselves in at the city hall and find a way into records. There is an awful lot Lady never told Frank. What does her history matter? Angel's a nut job that needs to be put down before she harms innocent people, if she hasn't already. Frank believes something doesn't add up quite right, and I'm inclined to agree. There's no way Angel's boyfriend was coincidentally murdered by Jonah. I, I guess you're right. There has to be more to it. At the risk of pulling ourselves away from Gareth, what if tomorrow we talk to Angel's husband? She was cheating on him with his boyfriend, right? We'll make a proper detective out of you yet. Mr. Willis. After casing the streets behind City Hall, we made for the back door. After you? What? The door was just left open? Yes, by the employee I paid off yesterday. What a coincidence. <laughs> you are a sneaky devil. I followed Ulysses through the labyrinth of records. It seemed endless in the dark. 
I assume since he greased a palm or two in the break-in, he most likely did the same to know exactly where Lady and Angel's records were kept. We passed a large hall full of folders and books and cabinets of documents, but we didn't even stop. Another door should have been locked that was left open to a winding staircase. The records we are searching for are in an off-limits wing in the basement. Someone went through a lot of trouble to hide anything that ends up down here. You would think they would just burn the stuff they didn't want others to see. <clears throat> ah, here it is. I'll flip through these real quick and only take what's necessary. Just as I leaned on the inner cage wall, I heard a rustling in the next room. My nails grew long instinctively and I began to slink around the corner. Ulysses hadn't noticed, but he wouldn't be much help anyways. When I got close to the origin of the sound, a box fell off the table and whoever it was slipped through the doorway in a flash. My fangs grew so sharp it was hard to close my mouth. A locker against the wall was partially open and swaying slightly. I've got you! <laughs> uh, oh, of course. Uh, come on, buddy, get out of here. My stalker turned out to be an overweight creamsicle-colored cat, with black ears and an indifferent disposition, aside from me scaring it. I shook my head and walked back over to Ulysses, retracting claw and fang. Okay, Dusty, I believe this is everything we need to start the investigation. I'm almost as interested in the results as Frank. Why is the family information protected from the public eye? Just who are these ladies? That makes this the third case this month involving missing children. Darkroom police ask that everyone adhere to the curfew and keep children indoors during this time. There is also a mysterious rash of Phones have started to ring off the hook for missing kids. Unfortunately, when a kid is missing, that's more of a police matter. A child's world is small. They rarely take off of their own accord, so they get a little older. I did take a case, however. A man was found drained of his blood by a dumpster downtown. I wouldn't have noticed if it weren't for the report stating he had puncture wounds in his neck. For obvious reasons, I'm sick to my stomach. There's no way it could be him. I know it's not him. I killed Jonah. There's no way he could be alive. I saw life leave him, pump after pump. And I didn't stay for the whole show, but... The cops carried him out of there in a bag. Pictures were in the paper. I thought about calling Joe. Just to make absolutely sure. But... No. That's... That's crazy. This was probably just a one-off thing. No reason to get worked up. Wasn't a paying gig either, since I put myself on the case. For now, I'll keep my eyes and ears open to it. I took a more tangible case as well. A Mr. Gordon Steele called from a small group of concerned citizens. Some kind of council of conservationists. Because of all the bureaucratic red tape, it would take months for a formal investigation on Phantom's pollution to our environment. I could get started right away, however. I'm heading over to a river that folks claim is corrupted by runoff from Phantom's factories. There'll actually be quite a few hotspots to check. It seems Mr. Steele has a long file on Phantom and their affiliates. I'm sensing something deeper than contaminated water. Wouldn't hurt to look into Steele's past a little.
Supposedly, this is the place. The river is so poisoned, there's more chemicals than water. I walked through the wooded area briefly before coming up to a lazy river. The murky water tumbling down steps of worn stone and dirt gently bent and waved towards the distance. I was hoping to be closer to its basin, but I took a sample of the water and snapped a few pictures. I walked farther along the river, hoping to get some more apparent evidence of malfeasance. There were small deposits of a glistening, greenish liquid goo. It seemed to get stuck in small pockets of ground that were deeper than others. That told me it was significantly more dense than the water. I collected a bit of that stuff too, making sure none of it made contact with my skin. It took a while just for the substance to settle into the bottom of the capsule. Judging by the movement of the water, I was nearing the end of the river. What's a few more steps? When I got to the pond the river fed into, I was stopped by a chain-link fence. One weathered sign read, No Swimming, as if that absolved phantom of poisoning the earth around us. There were holes and rips in the fence all along the perimeter, and animals partaking in this vile pool. There was a smell of rot that clung to the air, not from the body of water itself, but from all the dead critters piled around its edge. You didn't need to be a genius to recognize they were all poisoned from the runoff. On the ground, I noticed a red barrette that had to belong to a child. I put it in my pocket and searched the area for more signs of kids. There are an awful lot missing lately. This would be the kind of area where you'd dump a body if you didn't want it found. Well, maybe some kids were just playing around here. I don't see anything hinting at a crime, other than Phantom's disregard of our rivers. Yep, I should have known. Just kids having fun. I went to check on the kids just to make sure, but they had already started running away. It was probably lunchtime, and I never missed that as a kid. I still rarely miss it. I took a few more pictures of the dead animals and the malignant watershed. The furry critters covered in sores and growths. That would be a hard image for Phantom's lawyers to refute. I'm sure they would still try. Bastards. I sat in the car idling before beginning my drive back into town. I heard an unsettling, warbling howl. I leaned out of the window. It sounded like it was coming from where I was just investigating. Whatever that was, I don't want anything to do with it. I drove back to Lady Justice. I had interviews lined up for a new secretary. Normally, this is something Dusty would help me with. But this is a little too hard on him. I didn't want him to miss Sam more than he already did. Oh, uh, hi. Do you here for the interview? You're a little early. Yeah, sorry. I... I took the earlier bus. It's no problem. I'm Frank. Anne. Nice to meet you, Anne. So tell me, why Lady Justice? Well, I wanted to... help people. So why not a nurse or a nanny? Well, I... I was impressed. You all stopped that serial killer. Lady Justice has a good reputation, and I'm a progressive woman. So, working for a place called Lady Justice makes sense to me. I can appreciate that. 
but this is a tenuous time for us. I don't think we see ourselves as heroes here. I'm sure if you've done your research, you know about some recent- Your last secretary was murdered? Yeah. Sam. He was a great kid. I pulled him off the streets for good and I actually got him to stay this time. But we pissed off the wrong people and he paid dearly for it. Which brings me to my next point. This isn't the safest job to have. Some days it's phone calls, filing, receipts. But others may be mandatory lockdowns, an armed guard escorting you to your car, and hell, maybe needing to skip town altogether. I'm hesitant to even hire another secretary. Look, I'm no Sam Spade, but I can take care of myself. She pinched the leg of her slacks and pulled up to reveal a snub-nosed revolver in its holster around her delicate ankles. So, I'm guessing you're not really a fan of dresses. Oh, is there a dress code? Huh. No. You wear whatever you'd like, as long as it's somewhat professional. Attitude is the most important component here. Giving the client peace of mind. Setting them at ease. Making them feel like we will do everything we can to help. Sometimes we are meeting people on their worst days. So we have to forego some judgment. Yet we also need to be cautious. We may turn down jobs for moral implications. And it goes without saying... We should never knowingly break the law. Why do I have a feeling that the last part isn't as important? Why, whatever do you mean? We shared a smirk. She seemed well-equipped to handle the job, but there was still a part of me holding back. Well, do you have any previous experience that's relevant to this work? I'm afraid not. I performed some basic accounting for a small community of farmers and gigs like that as a favor, but... I was a housewife for the last few years. What made you want to start working again? Other than wanting to help, of course. I figured it was time. I've been a widow for almost a year now. Sorry to hear that. Thanks. It was always dangling over my head. The thought that tonight would be the night he wouldn't come home. And one day I was right. Cop? Firefighter. House collapsed on him while he evacuated a family. Ugh, that's tough. So... Anyway, I ain't the most qualified, but I'll adapt. I have no doubt you would. Full disclosure, I've got another interview today. But leave your information, and I'll let you know. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll be waiting for your call then. She wasn't too happy when I let on that she may have some competition. Truth is, the other lady who called was substantially more qualified. But this one had tenacity. Bringing a gun to an interview might not be appropriate for most jobs, but it scored her extra points on this one. I heard the door to the stairwell slam. Poured myself a drink and looked out the window to see Anne get into an old Studebaker pickup. Hmm, I thought she said she caught the bus. Odd. My next appointment parked just ahead of her. A fair-skinned, elegant woman exited the car fixing her hair in the mirror before heading towards the door to my building. Anne got out of her truck and cut her off. There was fear in the lady's eyes, and Anne made some threatening gestures. The fashionable woman hurried back to her car and took off. Anne went back to hers and left as well. Just who the hell was this woman? I didn't know if I should call the police or hire her on the spot. For some reason, she really wanted this job. And I think she might be just what we're looking for. 
Well, my 12.30 just freed up, so I think I'll get a little nap in. I'd like to thank everyone who backed us on Kickstarter, starting with our ultimate backers, Hazem Hanana and Eric Manring. Your names will go in the show notes as our sponsors for the season, and we appreciate your dedication to the show. At our Siren backer level, Brad Dancer and Kylie Smith. Thanks again for everyone's contributions. You're what keeps us going. Thanks for listening to Neon Shadows. If you want more Neon Shadows, head on over to neonshadowspod.com or on any social media platform as at neonshadowspod. Make sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you listen. The voices featured are Dan Faulkner as Dusty Willis, Amber Wren as Cordelia Amsel, Ian Knowles as Frank Dixon, Tyler Brown as Joe Sutton, Sean Goodrich as Ulysses, Logan Linkowski as News Anchor, Tim Duplissy as Andras, Marta De Silva as Anne, and David Alt as Gareth. The theme song is Neon Shadows, performed by Tambirian. Neon Shadows A Noir Tale was written by Ian Knowles. All rights reserved, Blunderbuss Studios, 2022. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. Together.